Welcome to the Frankly Who Cares podcast. It's the Frankly Who Cares podcast, a podcast that, like England, delivers on its promise and is here with a special bonus edition of the pod to preview England versus Italy, the Euro 2020 final. Hello, I'm Alex and I'm joined as always by Tom. And Tom, it's finally happened. The England team has made it to a final with a chance of winning silverware. Scenes not seen since the heady days of the Tournoi de France 1997. How uh, are you feeling about it all? I mean, there's just not been very much build-up for me. So it's really taken me by surprise. You know, it's been no unnecessary (laughs) over-egging of England's chances. So, you know. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's all right. I, I, I don't resent it, but I'm pretty ambivalent. So, yeah, you're ambivalent. Yeah. I had uh, any sort of getting carried along on the wave of the euphoria of the result on Wednesday night was diluted by then immediately after the game, having to drive from Finsby Park to Surbiton, which took me through King's Cross, Euston, Baker Street, mm-hmm. Shepherd's Bush, Hammersmith, all of which were full of people behaving like lunatics, beeping their horns, or both. So, mm. yeah, that was quite irritating. Um, I thought you enjoyed it. You were talking about uh, experiencing something like that with Italy fans or something once. Or, you know, yeah, I thought you enjoyed was... that sort of thing. Yeah, it was just better in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see anyone on flatbed lorries driving around small ah, towns. That was what was missing. So, yeah, yeah. It would have been better mm-hmm. in, like, a market square somewhere mm. you know if you were part of that that would have been good but it's still yeah it's still a bit <laughs> still a bit strange and being covid as well i'm not sure what it'd been like in a pub so mm. did you watch it in a pub no no i haven't watched any of the games in the pub so i was at home and now our, our friend Stu was uh was with me and uh yeah enjoyed aspects of it mainly the final whistle um <laughs> quite a lot yeah yeah, did you? So you, you didn't enjoy any of it, really. It was, it was quite... actually, it was stressful. There were bits I bits I enjoyed. I enjoyed, you know, where England were in the ascendancy, but then Denmark were always a threat. But the bit that I enjoyed more than anything was the final three minutes when England kept the ball for virtually yeah. all that time. That I've not ever seen an England team attempt to do it, let alone um, execute it. It was that was phenomenal. That was good. I, I think that was the moment when, like, I mean, Denmark were just done. And they, they were dead on their feet. They yeah. managed the impressive feat of going down to 10 men when you've got six substitutes available. Yeah. Um, through injury. Very um, impressive. So, yeah, I I think <sighs> I, Denmark were good. When you said they were always a threat, they weren't that much of a threat. They didn't create Weren't they? that much. Uh, really. This is where your non-partisanship comes into play. Because uh, there felt like, it felt to me like every time they had one of those breakaways uh, or got a, a set piece, they could have scored at any minute. The jeopardy was there for me. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean... You've got to remember that England have only conceded one goal and it was an absolutely, you know, stunning free kick. Yes. Uh, so, 
not wanting to be an XG badger, but the XG of that goal is really low. And so mm-hmm. the the fact is that England, it's it's not like Pickford had to make millions of saves. Like he made probably in Germany was the only one I remember him making. And probably Scotland actually made quite a good save in the Scotland game. But yeah, um, you know, Kasper Schweinkel was far the busier of the, the two keepers. Um, what a stud. Oh, I mean, yeah. man, man crush ahoy. What a does that the only thing Danish. you texted me was about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I slagged off some bandits, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Uh, also, does the Danish thing of speaking with the regional accent. So mm. um, I heard on Five Live this week. So, you know, on Five Live, how they're like, oh, we're going to be, you know, we're balanced. So we're going to talk about England for 55 minutes and then get a token opposition representative on for, to speak to them for five minutes three minutes of which they'll have the news music cutting in going you know get on with it hurry up and they got peter lovenkrantz on ah he mm. spoke with a very, Is he from, very strong glaswegian accent very strong indeed. from the brian laudrup school yeah, of english yeah. right uh-huh. so um and um and uh yeah mulby was on itv's coverage uh, i think <laughs> it was itv early on has he still got the scouse accent yes he has still got the scouse, <laughs> scouse accent <laughs> so that was impressive too mm-hmm so yeah, yeah. So that was that was very good. I mean, I, non-partisanship. Uh, the the Italy Spain game was a far higher standard, but they were both Agreed. very watchable, but in quite different ways. I thought. Yeah. Um, two two of the best the be- among the best pairs of semi-finals in a major tournament I can remember in terms of being quite open yes. and uh, compelling. Um, mm. in terms of there were some good punditry cliches. So the the one cliche that I thought. I wanted to actually be true for once mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. it was a shame that Italy, Spain did have to be decided on penalties because it felt like it was a game with so much good stuff in it that a moment of brilliance should have won it rather than penalties. But having said that, it was won by a, a beautifully nonchalant penalty, which was yeah. which um, followed one of the most predictable things you're ever going to see Murata going from hero to villain. Yeah. So, oh yeah. As soon as he stepped up, I was like, definitely going yeah. definitely, definitely. Everyone in the world knew. <laughs> yeah. Villain to hero, yeah. redemption immediately to villain. Indeed. Uh, I think in the commentary they said, as he scored redemption, and I actually said, it's not redemption. <laughs> Wait till the next chance before you, no. you call that redemption. He's never been prolific, True. I suppose. So he could, def- but he could definitely do you a job. Um, he's got the talent. This is he's one of these frustrating players because when he's on form, he's, I mean, some of the goals he scores are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he'll miss simple tap-ins, you know, misses the target as he did earlier in the tournament. Inexplicably, you just can't trust him. That's the problem. They uh, they need Darren, someone like Darren Bent, really, is what you're saying. Someone to just shin in the ugly yeah. goals. Or Harry Enfield. Uh, Harry Enfield? <laughs> Harry Redknapp's wife. Actually, Harry Enfield's wife probably would do a better job, uh, according to him. <laughs> right. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> but there was also some very good um, kind of hindsight punditry. So every penalty that doesn't... that isn't scored, Danny Murphy's like, that's a terrible penalty. Well, it's like, well, if it's in Rosette, it's obviously mm. a terrible penalty. And... A number of times, this hasn't happened in this tournament, but I've seen people hit the bar with a penalty, which then subsequently goes mm. miles over. 
But that's quite close to being a very good penalty because if you hit it, mm -hmm. it's something, there's some stat that if you hit above halfway up the net in the corners, it's much harder for keeper to save because they're, they think you're going to go that. That's sort of traditional kind of Makes sense. wisdom, isn't it? Um, so actually to step up and whack it in the top of the net is, you, you stand a better chance as long as you hit the target, obviously. So hitting the bar is very yeah. close to being decent. And it's the same as what, like, if you place it and send the keeper the wrong way, if they go the right way, oh, it's a really desperately poor penalty. It just it yeah. infuriates me. Because some of them are, are not terrible penalties that, that get saved. But, That's true. Although um, Harry Kane's penalty was a dreadful penalty. Um yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it, it it just was because that's one of those ones where if the keeper goes the right way, he saves it. It was also and so dreadful. I've got a theory on this that, like, so you know, slower balls in cricket. So Schmeichel was like mm -hmm. braced for him to whack it because Kane always whacks penalties, and that's what also made it a terrible penalty. Was it's so different to what he normally does that you know you've got to stick to your guns in that situation. Um, that he placed. So I think. Schmeichel was like braced to force it away. And because it was so slow, he actually tried to sort of grasp it almost, ended up powering it straight out, and obviously Kane scored. So watch it back. That's my actual bit of insight. Uh, no, I think that's I think that's very good. But what was also interesting, because I and this isn't hindsight punditry, but Kane looked really no, I thought he looked a bit nervous before taking a penalty and he was taking deep breaths and I've never seen him do that before he's like spanks the ball in against an Arsenal goalkeeper. Um, and he um, he said afterwards it went a bit lower than I was expecting, he said. So he was obviously trying to do his usual penalty and maybe it was the nerves, the occasion, mm. but it was nowhere near off the ground. It, no. <laughs> so it just I mean, shows was, the pressure that they're under. It was 100 and, what, 113 minutes in, so... I'm fatigue as well yeah did you see this is my last observation about actually things that happened in the games um mm. the italy one of the italy coaching staff who looks like he's wearing a fake mustache and glasses <laughs> i don't think i did see that <laughs> okay i'll have to look it up um, okay but yeah and be looking out for that on <laughs> on sunday <laughs> So they, they'd actually changed their suits to a slightly different right. shade. They still looked amazing. We, yeah, better um, or worse uh, than the you know, the ones you loved previously? Uh, so it was, I think it was grey, whereas the ones mm. on... Uh, they, they were sort of a baby blue before. Yes. Um, mm. I mean, they just, yeah, just all look really good. Except this particular <laughs> coach who looks just like quite an odd... Just quite an odd-looking bloke. So I, I think we should, um, we need to make some predictions. And obviously we need to predict the uh, the outcome of the match, but we need, I think we should make some other predictions before we get there. Yeah, absolutely. So I think what our listeners really want to know is not just who's going to win, but I mean, those sort of things, anybody could sort of predict, be right or wrong. But what they really want to know is what's actually going to happen in the game. So I think we should come up with some of the most likely scenarios um, of things that will happen. But I think we should we should make the stakes quite high for this. 
Okay. So that if any of these things happen, because, you know, we want to put our money where our mouth is, just as you've just shared your screen and shown the comedy Italy coaching staff person that just looks... <laughs> I'm not sure how to describe what I'm even seeing. Anyway, keep Dodgy's... an eye out for him on Sunday. But That's brilliant. It's even I will better keep in real life. So. <laughs> so what was I saying? Right, we're going to make some outlandish predictions. Whoever gets one right... Uh, the other one, when we, to, we when, when we both meet up, will pay for the evening. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Three of England's players have to self-isolate after a late-night game of Call of Duty. Uh, the unfortunate three are Harry Maguire, Tyrone Mings, and Carl Walker. Meaning Connor Cody is thrust into the limelight, making several last-ditch tackles to take the game into extra time. Right. Okay. This is- quite a lot in there <laughs> <laughs> so sorry one other thing on. i noticed I'd, I'd forgotten to raise mm. before uh so Bukayo saka starts against germany mm. was really good slightly unlucky right. not to start against ukraine you could argue and yeah. then starts semi and um, he didn't make the 23 against ukraine he was one of the three left out injury you sure Yes, he uh, he. <clears throat> they rested him from the squad because he picked up a niggle in training. Right. So they okay. said, let's leave him out and keep him fresh. Mystery solved. Yeah. All right. You can cut that out if you like. Okay. <laughs> Moving <laughs> it in. Um, the, right. So that's quite an interesting uh, prediction. <laughs> uh, so what was? The, how does it start again? Uh, three of England's players have to self-isolate. Yeah, because of okay. COVID, obviously not because of just yeah. because of Call of Duty. That's not that's not reasonable. <laughs> Sorry, I should have clarified that. Because um, mm. any other, yeah, go on. Well, this week there's been so the Lions have can- cancelled their match initially tomorrow. The, the British Lions who are down in South Africa because South Africa have had an outbreak. Uh, the team they're playing had an outbreak. But also the Lions had an outbreak, which then turned out to be a false positive, so they could all unisolate again. And mm. the South African national team have called off their game tomorrow because of a breakout. I just thought it is quite, given how the rates are going up, and I, I the, this tournament's got away quite yeah. scot free in terms of breakouts. There was sort of Spain had one just before it started, didn't they? Mm. But it's been, um, and then you had the Billy Gilmore situation so yeah um that's true it's been fairly covid free isn't it so mm. i initially thought i'm gonna make a prediction about covid and i just got a bit carried away and i was <laughs> i'm fascinated by the fact that what chain of events would it take for connor cody or ben white so ben white is the only player who was not even dressed for both games right. for both the denmark and the ukraine games mm. so he hasn't even put an england shirt on since the Germany game at the earliest. I haven't looked out for that. So, well, you know, okay. I'm sure he's excellent for morale, but um, <laughs> so I, mm. I, I would like to see someone like Conor Cody. Yeah. Just, he'd be okay. just like a competition winner. He'd be so excited. <laughs> that, that is a, a strong start. I feel like I, I, I regret not having gone for anything quite that outlandish or my 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 first one is sort of much more plausible which is 
that a member of the England coaching staff, and in fact, it's Gareth Southgate himself, gets sent off uh, with England 2-0 up for running onto the pitch to, to confront a uh, an Italian fan uh, that streaks on, rugby tackles him, holds him down by his throat and has to be held back by other England players. Glad you said throat. As he's being carried off, Southgate, this is Southgate doing it. Yeah. yeah. As he's getting carried off, his legs are kicking like a maniac, <laughs> gets sent up off to the... Uh, the, the down the tunnel anyway it reappears in the stands Italy come back the game goes to penalties and just as England are stepping up to take their decisive penalty another streaker comes on it's Southgate <laughs> and he spanks the ball into the top of the net uh, <laughs> reels off again gets carried out uh, Kane then misses that penalty and, and Italy gone to win the match it's very WWF well, yes, it's like, but also, I think a bit more plausible. But yeah, thoughts. Um, I'd be interested to know what the TV made of it because they always cut away when there's a streaker on. But so they'd miss like some they do. There, is, there are signs based on what they didn't cut away from in this tournament that they True, might just show yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, the, look, the thing is. Southgate is one of the most popular England managers of all time. Even the press have not, not really much on him. At some point, that is going to completely explode. And I think it's the pressure of the final that's going to make it happen. Um, you can only be you know, that much of a good, solid leader and an inspirational figure for so long under such pressure. So I think it's he almost did, inevitable. To be he did go quite mental at the end didn't he he was like clapping the crowds and then at one place just, yeah yeah go on yes so, but yeah, he always used to do that as a player as a yeah. captain he used to do that and it's yeah but that, that like you say though that shows he does have that slightly it's just starting to streak. yeah mm, bubbling would he up. streak in a waistcoat or would like maybe the, <laughs> just a waistcoat but it's fully open so it's not it's not <laughs> keeping anything that is not part of my prediction for the record Okay. okay, I'm not. I'm not saying he's doing it in a waistcoat. So if that imagine happens... if, if everything else comes true, but he's not wearing a waistcoat. I don't have to pay up. <laughs> Brilliant. You would deserve to not have to pay up if that's <laughs> the only thing standing between it. Uh, right. What's your next one? Uh, so my, my second one is much more plausible. Um, okay. An England player gets two yellow cards. The first of which is very soft, leading mm. to a vilification in the press of either the player, the referee, the person who got fouled. The referee's country of birth or all of the above <laughs> extremely plausible yeah i thought uh, i'd give myself a chance that, i mean of a free night out the raheem yeah. sterling penalty incident should we call it mm. uh, which followed everyone bawling out the the italians for for diving and rolling around on the floor you know mm. there's a lot of double standards going on there isn't there yeah, not quite the same, but carry on. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I do think it might be quite a professional game on Sunday. I think there might be quite yeah. a lot of... I'd be surprised if there's not a penalty, because there's penalties in all games all the time. So Yeah, um, this is true. Mm. So, okay. Um, there is... Uh, this is stolen from the Guardian Football Podcast, but the, the sort of... Given that the way you can prove penalties can be awarded now is it worth re- 
rethinking the penalty law. Because mm. my understanding was that penalties were invented because to start with you you'd get like a free kick so close to the goal that it wasn't really practical. So it's actually a way of moving the ball further away from the goal, but then, okay, well, we've got to clear you away so you can have a shot. Makes sense. Um, but mm. 75%, 80% chance of scoring a goal is the fact mm. that if you run into the box and brush past a player's leg, should is that is that proportionate? And it doesn't really true. feel like it is. So they could go back to the days when you had to commit actual bodily harm um, before you got a penalty or even sometimes an indirect free kick in, in the box is what you're saying. Yeah. Or you could make it, you could make denial of a goal scoring opportunity a penalty. So wherever that takes place. So rather than a red card. Okay. Um, that's good. I mean, that's obviously Only prob- mm. open to, to interpretation, but so is um, uh, some of the rules at the moment. I mean, that's true. Even the arguments for the penalty, like someone said, that's a foul anywhere else on the pitch. I was like, I don't think it is. Uh, like, mm, yeah. There was one, was it the, who was that quarterfinal? Belgium. Against? Yeah, uh, Belgium. Yeah, yeah. So mm. the guy pushed him, but mm. he'd like, it looked like he was like shielding him out of play and then he pushed yes. him. That is a foul anywhere else on the pitch, but it's often not mm-hmm. a penalty. So that should have been a penalty. Yeah. Anyway, fine. I get that. But mm. Sterling brushing past him, like, that's not a, that is not a foul in the centre circle at all. So. Everything you're saying is fine, but the biggest thing against it is we've already done the rules that should be changed in sport episode. So yeah, I but think... that doesn't mean we can't talk. We talk about Venus uh, Serena Williams every bloody episode. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's that's a very different situation. So mm. uh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. What's your final uh, final prediction? Then? Oh. So, uh, right, my one, my plausible one, we see not one, but two of the greatest goals ever scored in a European Championship final. I'm talking things almost on a Van Basten level of quality. We see two of those goals uh, during the match. That's my prediction. Goals that have been remembered forever and considered among the absolute all-time greats. Very good. Okay. Hmm. Um, Yep. I'm trying to think of Euro goals in the final apart from Van Basten. So another one we've mentioned before was Trezeguet's winner, which was golden goal. His bullet shot there from the past. The roof of the net. Wide. Yes. Another good roof yeah. of the net goal. Um, mm-hmm. I think Euro 96 was decided on a golden goal, but it was one the keeper flapped in. Yeah, sort of fumbles quite, it and it sort yeah, of dribbles in. That's a horrible, fight. horrible way to lose. Um yeah. What was the last Euros? Uh... Portugal scored quite a long way out, didn't they? A oh, guy yeah. Who was a... looked like an absolute donkey and was rubbish in a... yes. scored from miles out. Yeah, that wasn't bad. And um, it was it 2012 where Spain thrashed Italy 4 0. Yeah. I think there were some decent goals they, in they there. They did score a couple of decent ones, but they were like Tiki Taka yeah. kind of. There was every goal yeah. they scored was like that. <laughs> exactly. So I think I think we're going to get two goals added to the annals of uh, European Championship history um, during the game on Sunday. Well, I've I I had one other prediction, but um, I've 
I re- I sort of finished it, got a bit carried away, and then realised it didn't meet the brief you'd given me in the slightest. So, well, let's <laughs> let's let's hear it anyway. Uh, right. So, um, Euro. So this is the European Championship 2044. Whilst the European Union has ceased to exist after the uh, the events of the vegan revolution of 2026, the Euros continue <clears throat> as a money spinning tournament open to all those countries who agree to pay the entrance fee and qualify via Eurovision. The 96-team tournament is won on penalties by Denmark over Australia due to three saves by Max Schmeichel, son of Kasper Schmeichel. <laughs> that's, um, that's very good. And I've got to say, in 2024, tw- sorry, 20, what was it? 44. 44. That, that would be yeah. Max Schmeichel. Casper's son, mm-hmm. at the same age that Casper is now, undoubtedly at his peak. That's very good. And I will, if that happens, I'll happily pay for a night out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can pick the venue. Yeah. Um, yeah, good. All right. We've no- made a note of that. Excellent. We'll come back to that <laughs> in due course. Um, right. So all that's left is, is to predict what's going to happen in final. Now, in our last episode, we actually... But you said Italy, I said England. Have you seen anything to change your mind? And uh, what what do you think is going to happen? What's the score going to be? Uh, I think it'll be nil nil or one one, and Italy will win on penalties because okay. I think Donnarumma is better than Pickford at saving penalties. I haven't based that on anything because I've never seen Pickford save a penalty. Um, hmm. Italy, okay. Italy took a couple of really convincing ones where the guy just wor- waited for the keeper to go and then or did a little hop. I just thought, oh, yeah, absolutely yeah. legend. Um, so yeah, I, I, the the statistics would suggest that these are the two best defensive teams in the tournament. Um, so if if it does finish one-one or there's more than two goals scored at least one of those will be penalties in the actual game as well. Um, okay. So, All yeah. right. You? Good. Uh, England will win. I also think it will go uh, beyond the 90, but I think just when it looks like it's going to be penalties, one of those two greatest goals in uh, Euro Championships history is scored and England win. So uh, that's what I think is going to happen. I think England will win it in extra time. Um, and the scenes will be almost even unbearable for me to witness, let alone you. Yeah. <laughs> such, eufor- such euphoria will break out. I, I actually think a lot of people will be like, what, what, what now? Like that we, this moaning about sport and, uh, failure is such a makeup of the British mentality that I think that um, I mean, what can you sing from Forevermore right now? Well, it's not coming home; it's already home. So, like, well, that song will be here forever. The lyrics just will get recycled into something about winning it again <laughs> in a sort of Chaz and Dave Spurs way. Yeah, Atomic Kitten <laughs> will crawl out of the woodwork again to, to re-record something tw- else. 2044 and do Denmark song. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, good. Right. Anything else to add on this? Um, I did. I was going to raise something else, but I've forgotten. So, yeah. No, I think, yeah, I'll be, uh, look forward to 
So yeah. Well, best of luck. I would wish you enjoyment, but it would just be racked with tension, yeah. won't it? Indeed. Let, let's enjoy. Uh, there's much to enjoy, including um, wait and see if any of our predictions come right. So um, yes, I'm sure we will be talking about this more in our next full pod. But for now, see you soon. Yes.